0: Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Neutral Game, your newbie-friendly fighting game podcast. I'm Six Detmar from Scanlane Media.
1: Uh, And I am Mirro Kovatrych, or real Soviet bear. Hello. And we're here this week... uh, I I,
0: I always start with this week. I need to... We're here this time to talk about Mortal Kombat 11, Um, first time we've covered one of the Mortal Kombat games on this show. Actually, any NetherRealm game, like in specific... And uh, I feel like we got a lot to talk about with this one.
1: Uh, yeah, this is gonna be a bit of a chunky episode, most because there's uh, a lot of stuff in the actual game to talk about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's get the ball rolling.
0: It, I mean, first and foremost, it's interesting to to be here talking with you about Mortal Kombat when I feel like the first major argument we ever had was about Mortal Kombat.
1: Yeah, it was about uh, Mortal Kombat 9, and whether it was a real fighting game or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, though I certainly think my, my stance was a little too harsh, there's a part of what I was thinking back then that I still think, which is I don't like the way defense works in Mortal Kombat, but we'll get to that. Um, this is the first Mortal Kombat game I've given any real attention. I played a little bit of, like, three in arcades. I probably played a ROM of of one at some point, but I never really got into Mortal Kombat. Um, partially because of my distaste for them in general, and so this was the first time I was like, you know what, let's give it a real real shot. Let's stop being so, you know certain about our opinions before we even let it speak for itself. So this is my first real Mortal Kombat experience.
1: What about you? I've um so I played two and three as a kid, mostly three. And I played four when it was out. Um, and if playing Mortal Kombat Special Forces or Shaolin monks counts because those aren't really fighting games, but there's of course it does. Okay, no, it totally counts. Okay, uh, didn't play anything until Armageddon. Um, and then I played Mortal Kombat Nine, and I played a bunch of Mortal Kombat Nine. I was uh, really into that one. Um, played ten, didn't like it. Played Injustice, didn't like it. Uh skipped Injustice 2, and I was kind of sk- going to skip Mortal Kombat 11, uh, based on my experiences with Ted, but you know, we agreed to take a look at it, so I did. A...
0: Mm-hmm. I did actually also play some Injustice. Um, not a bunch, but I did play some.
1: The only good thing about Injustice was that you could press circle to fire an arrow, like a single button projectile. That was the best part about Injustice
0: there were some there were some moves there's some there are some times when nether does stuff that i like i like how i can't use the term meaty because that means something in fighting games but i like the way they sell some of the moves like i played uh i don't know the the, the general dude from superman's planet
1: uh
0: what's his name zod yeah I played Zod and like a lot of his moves just like through animation and through like effects they just sold them really well. It felt really good to play um he'd 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 grab you and push you to your knees and then just laser you in the eyes and yell kneel before Zod and that felt good you know yeah. the presentation has always been a strong suit of theirs
1: yeah yeah the presentation like visual and audio has always been mm-hmm. good uh I think I played the green arrow and in injustice, but I just, just could not get into it
0: mm-hmm. So, on a fundamental level, uh, how would you describe the way Mortal
1: Kombat 11 plays? Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is a 2D fighting game with 3D fighting game uh, controls, sometimes, and sometimes it's 2D fighting game controls, and it's like a weird weird blend of the two. Mm -hmm. And it has a block button.
0: Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the big things. I feel like um, this this entry specifically also has some like mechanics around like like fatal blow, which is like it's like it's like a fatal counter in like a blaze blue, but like you can only do it once per match, and it's like circumstantial. It's kind of it's,
1: it's weird. It's uh, an iteration of their X-ray moves. So nine and ten had X-ray moves where if you had a full meter, uh, you could use it to perform uh literally the same type of move uh that fatal blow is but this time around they changed it so that you only have fatal blow stock when you're low on health and you only consume that stock stock if the hit actually connects not like if it whiffs or it's blocked oh you're right I'm
0: mixing up fatal blow with the other mechanic which I don't know the name of which is like sometimes you get like x-ray hits
1: oh that's which is once, uh, which is once per that's crushing blow
0: Crushing blow. Okay, yeah. right. My mistake. Yeah. There's also the crushing blow mechanic. Yeah, once per once per match, y- you can get a special counter hit that does extra damage and does like the does the X-ray effect
1: usually. Yeah, that one's. Uh, I guess we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but like that one's um, a bit weird because it's automated and it's tied to specific moves. But you can also mm-hmm. set it to be manual. So. That it doesn't actually trigger when you use moves unless you're holding down the move button. So for example, like an, an uppercut I think on most characters is a crushing blow, and mm-hmm. eventually if you keep uppercutting, one of those uppercuts is gonna be uh, a crushing blow uh, instead of a regular uppercut. But if you set it to be manual, it'll only happen if you do the uppercut and you're holding down uh, the punch button. Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, the other interesting thing is the way they handle, like, meters in this game, where you have sort of, like, uh, two different... Well, of course, you have your health meter, but you have, like, sort of an offensive uh, meter, and then you have... It's not quite right to call it a defensive meter, because it's also used for object interactions. But, like, basically, you have two stocks that you can burn for EX moves, and you have two stocks you can burn for, like, defensive stuff. Um, And they regenerate over time you don't have to like do stuff to get them back
1: there are also some interactions that burn both meters um i can't remember off the top of my head which ones but i know that like if you do a wake-up attack i think that burns both meters and if you do like a Mm wake-up roll that burns both meters um Hmm. and then like depending on how uh, how can i say this how important the move you're using is like It'll either take one stock out of one meter, two stock out of one meter, one stock out of two meters, or two stock out of both meters.
0: hmm And then, uh yeah, it's got a system of combos which is based on basically it's like target combos from like a Street Fighter or something is is how most of the combos work. You have different sort of like preset combinations that you combine, and then, you know, special moves that you throw in there.
1: Yeah. Um the special moves are Usually, like standard issue Mortal Kombat inputs but they're not standard issue fighting game inputs Um, Mm -hmm. and I think we can go into that uh, a bit more in depth later when we talk about uh, some other aspects of controlling the game but just to give an example by default a fireball isn't like a quarter circle motion forward it's down then forward
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it's it's you know if it's it, a lot of this stuff is like hey if if it's, if you're used to Mortal Kombat it's Mortal Kombat, yeah. Um, yeah. but you know if you're not used to Mortal Kombat it controls very differently from most other 2D fighters.
1: Uh, and also I should probably say like in case you aren't familiar with what target combos are in Street Fighter, um, how combos work in Mortal Kombat 11 are essentially you have a uh, preset list of inputs. Like let's say you have like square, circle, triangle, and even though like um, Square is a punch, circle is a kick, and triangle is a punch. The kick and the triangle in that combo are unique to that combo. Usually, like you don't have. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know, um, arc system works fighting games where um, you're combining individual moves into a combo. It's more like, hey, this is a string, and in this string, this is how this particular button behaves. It's more closer to like Tekken say, or to 3D mm-hmm. fighters in general, really. So how in general like playing the game how how did you feel about the the gameplay and the systems? Um I it's very it's very clunky in my regard but like I don't mean this I don't mean like oh the game itself is clunky. I it, it means more like I feel the game flows in a way that if you're playing it as it's intended to be played, it flows really well. But if you're not doing the things it expects you to do, uh, it doesn't. So, for example, let's say like you're playing Tekken and you like press a bunch of buttons. Um, usually they'll like connect in some coherent string. But um, in Mortal Kombat, if you press a button sequence that's not a, that's not an actual uh, combo, uh, the character will like maybe do a punch or whatever the first button is, and then just stare. Like like, there's no real flow to it in that regard, like a visual flow. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also stuff like, hey, you need to burn meter to do a wake up move, uh, but you can't actually do uh, any other like move as a wake up. So for example, if you have like a special that's you know a backflip, like Johnny Cage has a backflip, you can't actually use a backflip on wake up. It's more like Johnny has to stand up. Get back into like neutral standing position, and then he can do the backflip. Uh, but if you do mm. the wakeups as they expect, him, as they expect you to do, like if you burn meter, then he doesn't move as he is standing up. So it's like it flows really well when you're actually using the systems. But if you're not using the systems or you misinput something, uh, it just goes to a stop. It's not like even like a weird whiff. It's just like your character staring a lot of the time. Yeah,
0: it feels like there's not a lot of wiggle room. It's like they have a, as you say, they have a specific way they want you to play, and if you don't adhere to that style, they just don't have any give for you.
1: Yeah, and it feels like in order to make the game more challenging, uh, what they do is they make the inputs really tight, so um, to do a combo... Like, it's not like, there's not a lot of wriggle room. Like, there's no, like, oh, I'm going to see if my first move is going to connect, and if I see it hits, I'm going to input all the rest of the string. Um, mm-hmm. Or I'm going to see, like, if the first one of the first two moves hits, then I'm going to input the rest of the string. It's more like, no, just input the entire string. You have to. Um, before you even know whether it's going to hit or not, because otherwise it's not going to execute the entire string. Um, and it has, like, other things that are, like, super tight, like... Like it has a flawless block mechanic, which rather than being like what I'm used to in games, which is block uh, block at the earliest or at the latest possible moment, but it gives you like a few frames of wiggle room. Uh, this one seems to be literally block as the move is connecting. So if you're, for example, used to Garou or uh, blocking um, uh, instant blocking in uh, Guilty Gear. This is even tighter than that. And then Mm -hmm. to top it all off, there is a unique follow-up from the flawless block, which is, uh, I think, up triangle or up X. And then if you flawless block and you do the follow-up, then you do like a weird reversal. But it is so difficult to execute. Like, I... I genuinely could not pull it off. I think only once in the tutorial. That was the only time I could pull it off. It is ridiculously difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what they do is, because the actual individual strings aren't that difficult to pull off, it's just like a button sequence and, you know, the character does his, his thing. Or her thing. Um, they kind of try to emphasize, okay, we want precision then. Like, we can't give you like complicated air juggle combos like... Um, blaze blue has uh, for example or guilty gear or whatever so they kind of go on the precision instead mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the game like one this
0: like this is this is kind of true of all nether realm games that I've seen at least you know since Mortal Kombat 9 which is most of my experience is, is seeing since then but these games are really zoning heavy like everyone has a projectile usually a pretty fast projectile some people have multiple projectiles. And it feels like there's a lot of, like, taking a step and blocking and taking a step and blocking. Um, And then also, this is, like, this is the classic argument we've had. And, again, my stance is less severe than it used to be. But I feel like... So, obviously, by adding a block button instead of back to block, you're eliminating the possibility of cross-ups. And, you know, I used to just say, okay, that's a bad thing. Um, And now my stance is, okay, well then, what are you making up? Like, you're making this element of the game more simple. What are you doing to compensate? And to me, it doesn't feel like very much. I feel like there are a lot of instances in this game of, like, two characters, like, doing, like, a two or three move block string, and then the other person does their block string, and the other person does their block string, and then someone messes up the timing and starts their block string too early, and they get punished. And that's just, like, the flow of matches Feels like a lot of of back and forth in this way that's really unsatisfying to me.
1: Um, Yeah, so I didn't get, like, I I didn't learn to play the game, like, super well with my time with it, but but I tried to spend, like, a few, like, two weeks with it at least. Um, But from what I have seen from matches and when I've talked to people who did go a bit more in depth into it, it does seem to be uh, exchange very safe and very short uh, strings until it eventually hits. And then when it hits, then... uh, Because, like, I did say you have scripted combos, but how it also does work is, let's say you launch somebody in the air uh, at the end of your combo. If you're positioned properly, as they are falling, you can juggle them into a new uh, combo that is, like, a different string. So it's not like Mortal Kombat 3, which is literally just... And put the combo and that's it. That's the only thing you can do. You can not position yourself and then rejuggle somebody with another sequence of combos. So that's what I usually see people doing Like when they're playing at a higher level. It's like, keep doing mm-hmm. safe, small combos like that don't leave you open until that safe combo goes through. And then when it goes through, then yeah, like just let loose with the proper combo. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you know, it's a different a different style, and I don't know
0: if it's fair of me to say that's, like, like bad necessarily, but I don't find it very interesting compared to, like, spacing-based footsies or, like, you know, cross-ups and setups and such.
1: It feels like the game just doesn't lean into that very much, and I find it kind of tedious. I, I think the, the part that uh, irks me there—because, in theory, you could use this to describe most fighting games—oh, you keep doing, you know, safe strings until you actually get something through— um, and then you capitalize on that. But how it works in this one is um, because, in within a string, you don't necessarily pick the height of the move. So, let's say, for example, like, okay, you have a square circle triangle, and the circle is a kick. The, whether that kick is high, low, mid, or overhead depends on the individual string. So, it's not like, say, when you're playing Tekken. And you consciously have the move go hit low or something like that. Uh, it's more mm. just like it depends on the property of the string. So because of that, um, a lot of about the learning of the game is very matchup heavy. Like if you're fighting somebody and you don't know the matchup and they don't know the matchup, uh, like they don't know like how to fight against uh, you, um, it's basically whoever's like faster and in inputting the combos because like I, I, I played like I don't know, against the collector and I couldn't figure out whether something was high or low. And it's just, okay, I know all of my moves, but because I don't know how to fight against him and I don't know his moves, he keeps like getting his combos in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing is I feel like, I don't know that it's, it's one of the things that is interesting that the block button does allow them to do is they can have some like somewhat more dynamic, uh, at least visually kits in a way that like other games wouldn't allow for like scorpion has his like cross-up teleport in other fighting games it would be broken how fast you switch sides and hit them in the back but with holding down a block button that doesn't really matter because there's no concept of cross-ups so there is to a certain degree some they can add some extra mobility
1: to the game that isn't a problem and i think that is interesting i I love that you use that example because if I'm remembering correctly. Injustice One was back to block, and mm-hmm. the first DLC character they added was Scorpion, uh, with his full—not the first DLC, but one of the one of the, uh, M- the MK Cameo DLC they added was Scorpion, and that included his teleport kit. And when he released, uh, it was impossible to deal with him because nobody was equipped in the game to deal with it. I-, I think he was actually the first character with a teleport.
0: Yeah, um, well, he he wasn't. He was the first one with a cross-up teleport like that. Um, and then, like later on, they also added uh, Batgirl, who had a tracking instant overhead teleport. Um, that if you meter burn, just gave you a free combo. Uh, Injustice to me showed that Nether Realm has a real problem. Like, kind of needs block button because they don't know how to design for back to block. Is is what Injustice made me think.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But th- but that shows that a lot of the moves moves in Mortal Kombat do revolve around that block button, which is kind of sad yeah. because they used to have a run button in Mortal Kombat three, and they didn't keep that because it was dumb. So I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. I just I don't necessarily like block buttons in 2D games. I'm not a fan either. Um, and I, as, I and as I said before, like I feel
0: like you could do something cool with it. Um, and at least presentationally, they sometimes do. But I feel like on the mind games end, they don't really make up for that, um, in a way that that I find interesting. So, mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things they lean into a lot with this particular entry, um, they sort of you know they definitely started it with Mortal Kombat 10, but they have a lot of uh, character customization stuff going on here.
1: Uh, yep, uh, both visual and uh, gameplay related. Um, and somehow both tie and feed into each other, um, but yeah, basically I think they started the heavy visual customization with Injustice Two, um, mm-hmm. and I haven't played Injustice Two, but from what I recall, it had like RPG stat scaling, like you could play you know casual matches online and have this ridiculously buffed character uh, with level up gear. Um, they kind of stepped back from that in this one. They're still Ways to upgrade your gear, but I think it's only for single player modes. I don't think it actually activates in any online mode. Um, right. And and how it works is essentially each character has a skin and they have uh, three slots for gear, and that gear is individual to the character. So, like, Kung Lao has his, I don't know, hat and I don't know what else. Shao Kahn has his helmet, uh, spear, and hammer. A hammer? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as you, you, as you win more with those items equipped, you get XP, and then on XP milestones you get a gem slot, and then in that gem slot you can slot individual gems um, of that shape for that character. So let's say you have a flame shape uh, slot on the Shao Kahn helmet, you can slot any flame-shaped... Shao Kahn gem that's meant for the Shao Kahn helmet into it, and that has like very small stat boosts, like I don't know, more mm-hmm. meter gain or things like that.
0: This is one of the few times where I'm willing to be just like really decisive. The gen system is, sucks,
1: it does, it's really boring. Um, <laughs> it's it's
0: boring, it's tedious, and it just like. It it doesn't add interesting customization at all. Like that, you just add like you know percentage changes, and they don't affect online game modes, which they shouldn't. But then it's also like, okay, why are these even here? Um, I just think they're annoying.
1: They're they're there for hours of time, and yeah, we can get into that, but uh, more later. Um, and I'll explain more of the gem system, but yeah, it's it's very, it's very micro. Like like it's like very small minut changes, and a lot of. Uh, grinding and playing in the wall. But yeah, that's the visual stuff. And then you can do things like equip a unique intro, um, unlock brutalities, unlock taunts, um, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so it's mostly like um, vi- just visual stuff. Visual mm-hmm. fluff. Um, and then with the mechanical stuff... Um, So the big thing is the loadouts, but they don't work like loads in Mortal Kombat X. So in Mortal Kombat X, you would pick a character, and then you would have three variants of that character. Uh, They kind of took a new step with this one, and I think, again, I'm not sure, I think this is based on Injustice 2, uh, but how it 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 works is, yeah, um, you have three empty slots, and in those three empty slots, you can place three slots worth of moves. Some moves are like, powerful enough to warrant two slots, but in general it's, like, one slot per move. And these moves are in addition to the base moves of your character. So, if you were to strip a character of any custom moves, they'd still have a almost full skill set. And these are, I think, almost exclusively special moves. It's not, like, combos or n- normal moves or anything like that. It's just literally, okay, Shao Kana has a hammer throw or a command grab or... Can buff his uh, weapon, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And how it works is you have two tournament legal loadouts that you can use in ranked, and that I think NetherRealm expects you to be able to uh, uh, use in tournaments. Uh, And I think that is the part where the system kind of just stops being interesting.
0: Yeah, it feels like they really split the they split the uprights between uh, Mortal Kombat X and uh, Injustice 2 where they have this like okay, you can customize your loadout, but if you're playing a ranked or a tournament you have to use one of these pre-built ones. Um and I think they had 3 options in Mortal Kombat X for each character. Yes. You only have two tournament legal ones here. Yes. Um and at least I mean like I I didn't play Mortal Kombat X at all. So maybe maybe I would have felt this way about Uh, X as well but I look at like characters that I like and I look at their um, their tournament legal customizations and I'm like these customizations suck
1: yeah Um, I was playing Shao Kahn and uh, I could not pick a set that I liked it's more like oh this set is obviously better than the other set but it also has the summon wizard to buff my hammer which is a super useless move that I do not like Um, Mm -hmm. and I want to put something else in there but I can't because it's not tournament or ranked legal. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really frustrating because I don't know why they would do that. It's Because, okay, the theory is, oh, if you could mix and match moves, then you would find a broken combination and that would be too powerful. But the, the issue with that is you have two sets. And from what I've seen online and from what I've seen by playing myself, it's usually not as loadout, like, different, like, it's not like Mortal Kombat X where, oh, this is better against that, and that's better than this, it's literally now, no, this one is straight up better. Out of these two, you're just gonna use this one, there's no point in using the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, And I feel it also just limits the strategy of the game. I, I think it would have been far more interesting if, yeah, you just let people use whatever loadouts they wanted, you know, whether custom or pre-made, because there's a ton of, like, non-tournament legal pre-made ones. I've even seen like even Sonic Fox like on Twitter. I think during the beta said like yeah, this is like really w- weird. You should just let people make their own loadouts. Mm-hmm. And also like not to not to be
0: too rude about this, but like if it's like a balance concern, like I mean you can you can adjust the game on the fly, and it's not like your games are like balanced anyway. Currently, the the consensus is that Scorpion does not have any bad matchups. He just doesn't have any. It's like their games are not very well balanced to begin with. It's weird to suddenly care about that when it comes to adding a bunch of content to your game and then not allowing people to use it. Because there are a lot of moves that are customizable that are not represented in either set.
1: Yeah, I think it's, a lot of it is a perception thing. I think if, because no really, no other fighting game does this. What you do usually have is isms uh, at best in like, fighting games, whether it's Marvel or Street Fighter or whatever. You don't usually have fighting games that let you customize your moves that much. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, the most I can think of is uh, Skullgirls letting you pick the assist that you want, like which move the assist should be. Uh, Sure. But in general, you don't really have that. So I think they were worried, and I think they just, like, maybe just, okay, just decided, oh, this sounds like it will be too powerful, let's not do it. Or it sounds like it would be too powerful, let's not do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think if you were to ask, like, a casual... Like player or just somebody who just has just like like who is not like super into fighting games um like oh do you think this would be like like too powerful to just pick any moves you want like i think the first instinct would usually be yeah that sounds like it would be powerful but i don't think it actually is with all the moves they have uh that you can pick from it seems like it wouldn't really break the game that much
0: I mean, there are a few instances I can think of. Like, there's, I think his name is uh, Garrus, Mm -hmm. like, the new character who's, like, the time titan. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of his moves which takes up two slots is the ability to cancel any normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you could add any other move with that, it's like, that's already a problem.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then, just, you know, if that becomes a problem, then just make that a three-slot, like, thing. Sure. Like, 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 there's, there's your balance issue. They already limit how many moves you can slot.
0: That's true that's true they I think just tweaking the like the slot values and stuff and and yeah I think I think you're right there.
1: They also even have uh, compatibility uh, things like like even if uh, so on top of the slot limits you have some moves that will straight up say, hey if you pick this special move, you're not allowed to pick this other special move. so they even go that deep into how much you can mix and match.
0: And usually it's because they share an input but you know yeah, not always yeah uh, The other thing that's interesting with as far as like uh, character customization is the like control options. Um, I do appreciate the like the breadth of options where they have, like as you mentioned before, you can switch the inputs to be more like Street Fighter style. They have a toggle for uh, negative edge, which I don't think has ever come up on this podcast before. So the idea of negative edge is basically you can hold down... Like, if you want to do a fireball, you don't have to do quarter circle punch. You can hold down punch, do quarter circle, and then let go of punch. And that's a negative edge, is letting go of the button to trigger it. Um, But I will say for all their options, um, the block button... Combined with a number of, of moves you have, the controls just feel strange on, on Stick, no matter what I've configured.
1: Yeah, I've also tried to rebind them on my gamepad, and uh, the f- first thing I did was, okay, I want my interact button here, I want my bot block button here, and things like that. the problem okay. is, because the fatal blow uh, is a specific button combination... Uh, but it's like a specific button combination of the shoulder buttons, aka the interact, stand switch, and whatnot. Um, My uh, fatal blow ended up being L1R2, which was really unwieldy (laughs) to actually do, so I gave up and just used default controls because that's what I have to deal with. Um, And I I thought it was really weird because usually uh, how these things work are here are the base buttons... Like, you know, the face buttons of a game like A, B, C, D, and then all the other functions are combinations of A, B, C, and D. But in this mm-hmm. game, you know, the only thing that's actually a button combination, I think, is the throw, but it never actually it never tells you that, like, Square and X is throw as well. It just tells you here's a throw button. But, like, Stance is its own button, Block is its own button, so you can't really uh, do that much.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, this game is, is if you wanted to fight, use a stick, it feels like you'd need, like, a button on the side of the joystick for block. It feels that kind of, like, that's the only solution that I could come up with. I mean, have
1: you ever seen a Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet?
0: Uh, I don't know if, if I have, it's been a very long time. So it's
1: essentially four, like, buttons next to each other, and then the block button is off where your thumb would be on your right hand. Mm. It's, It's just, like, all out of the way. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I don't play on stick, but another friend who also plays all fighting games on stick complained about the same issues you had. It's just very weird to play and takes a lot of getting used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you get there, but, like, I mean, you know, I didn't... For a while, I was not changing the controls and block on R3, or on two, excuse me, R2, on a stick. It's like, your fingers are way the far away from anything you actually want to do
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um but as far as teaching you these mechanics and these controls uh they have a tutorial that uh i've been told is the best tutorial ever to be in a fighting game that's what that's what reporting says oh
1: okay uh i I was wondering whether you bring that up uh yeah the (laughs) yeah so i don't like generally talking bass up about uh, game journals or outlets, and I'm not gonna name anything, but uh, there was one from a mainstream outlet that said, yeah, Mortal Kombat has one of the best tutorials out there, or the best tutorial out there in any fighting game, uh, which I-, I think just shows how specialized fighting games are as a genre, and how yeah lacking uh, dedicated writers are for them, because even like when you have dedicated writers on some more focused sites, it's more with a like fan tone rather than a game journalist tone. Like, even here, we talk about it like, fairly loose. Um,
0: and also, even here, we're a fighting game specialty podcast, and we have been called out for not knowing enough about Goro. Yes, so, yeah, you
1: know. so it's it's difficult to cover everything, but yeah, in terms of just looking... like Let's just look at contemporary fighting games. I'd say like Mortal Kombat delivers on... The bare minimum for the core mechanics, at least. Mm-hmm.
0: I I feel like it's it's a weird it's it's a, one of those phrases that's dead to language. I shouldn't even use it, but it's a strange mixed bag because I feel like there are some some features of this tutorial that are legitimately groundbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It, you'll have like you'll have one that's like, okay, do this string, and it'll show, like, like okay, here's the input, and you'll hit it in and you'll do it wrong, and a thing will pop up and say, like, you hit X too late, or it'll be like, oh, you hit triangle, but you were a little too far away, and it gives you pretty accurate, very specific information on, like, this is where you went wrong. I've never seen a fighting game do that before, and it's so useful.
1: Yeah, it is very useful. Um, I also really liked how they explained the jailing concept. Uh, I don't recall a fighting mm-hmm. game ever doing that. And in general, they go, they cover everything about the core mechanics. Um, The only issue, uh, which you mentioned on Twitter, was that there is no repetition in the tutorials. AKA, as soon as you do the task at hand, it shoots you to the next lesson and doesn't let you repeat it or anything. Whereas in most tutorials, like for fighting games, you want something like, oh, do this three or four or five times and then it'll advance you
0: right so it's it has all the information but it feels like it doesn't actually teach you anything because like you do it once and it's like okay move on to the next and you you uh, very often it's like oh i did that by accident or like oh i really don't have that timing down it's like nope you're done move on it's like okay i don't feel like i actually learned yeah um And then the other problem I had was the character-specific tutorials are this weird mix of information overload and not enough information. Where, like, you fire up a move, and it says, like, okay, this move is a low-high-low, it's safe on block, but, you know, like, careful, it's got some really bad whiff punish. And you're like, okay, that's a lot of information before even showing me this move. And then it doesn't tell you how to how to use anything like i feel like you fire up blaze blue and like the first thing it does it's like okay ragna the blood edge is like a close like zoning pressure character who wants to chip away at people's health with like blood sucking moves right Mm. this game never tells you what your character is supposed to do
1: yeah there's no it doesn't explain the game plan there's no idea how you're actually meant to play the character
0: unless you're meant to play every
1: character the same way which i doubt
0: and the other thing is they're um they're Tutorial is only for the base set of moves. There is no way, there is no character tutorial, there's nothing to teach you the variations or the moves that the variations have.
1: Uh yeah, and it feels like this could have benefited a lot with a command training mode because of all the strings it has and just let you input every string at least once, like like a combo mm-hmm. challenge or whatever. Um yeah, the character specific tutorial is very bare bones, and also in some places actually just uh broken uh, because there was i might have fixed it by now but when i played i was like oh i wonder how the collector plays and i tried to do this tutorial where you had this issue too yeah where you try to do like i try to do something and cancel it and it's not letting me cancel it, and it's not working i'm like okay i'm gonna look at the demonstration and then the ai fails it yeah i've had that happen yeah uh, i think two or three times at least like it, uh, once in the regular systems tutorial, and I had twice with character specific ones.
0: Huh? Yeah. No. I, th- I thought I thought I was like I must have done something weird with this game because yeah, but it's like no, this is this is, AI is not showing me how to do this actually.
1: Yeah, uh, I had one where uh, it was. Sh- I think it was something very like super basic. It was like do a sweep. But it disables your movement so that you can only do attacks like you can't like move up or uh, backwards or, or forwards. And then I kept trying to do the sweep, but I kept like I kept being too far away, like a pixel away. and then I'm like, okay, what's wrong here? Uh, and the tutorial did reset like my my position, so it's not like I'm misaligned or anything. So I tried the mm-hmm. demonstration, and then the AI is missing it as well. So I had to do moves that lunged me forward until I was close enough to do a sweep, so I could actually advance in the tutorial. Weird. Yeah, it was. It's it has some issues. I'm assuming those are just bugs. I've seen the same happen in Blaze Blue and Guilty Gear when they uh, patch in some characters that they don't update the um, uh, combo tutorials. But yeah, it's it was really weird and not exactly a good look. Sure. But I'm
0: yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll fix it. Yeah. So. Um So how did you feel about the story mode? That's one of the things that especially with these these netherrealm games, like everybody flaunts the story mode as being like, this is the real reason to play these games. This is the best thing in fighting games.
1: I think the story mode is probably the, the part I enjoyed the most. I think consistently NetherRealm has good single player. Uh, main stories, at least. Uh, It was the same Mm -hmm. in Armageddon, it was the same in um, Mortal Kombat 9, 10, Injustice 1. Like, they are so consistently good that even though I'm not interested in playing Injustice, I might buy it on a sale at some point just to finish the story, and that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. They're pretty good in that regard. Um, I don't know how they managed to pull it off, like, where, because they're published by Warner Bros., they just have Better access to writers, or their in-house writers are just that good. But it's very well put together. It's interesting, um, and they have you switch up a lot of characters. I really like what they changed in Eleven. So this is the first time they let you pick one of two characters in a bunch of fights. Um, yeah. I thought that was really nice, and I think it flows really well because whoever you pick says something else to the other person, so it like contextualizes. Oh, why he would be the one to fight and not the other person, then it's it's pretty nice. Um, overall, I'd say it's... I wouldn't call it the gold standard, because it is so high production value that I cannot imagine most other fighting game devs actually doing it.
0: Yeah, this is one of those things that I feel like there's... Um, I, I think you did some tweeting about this, um, but there's this problem that games have where like if one game in a genre does something really well, then it's like okay, every other game in the genre has to do it too, and it's like you only have so many resources. Like, they put a lot of resources into their story mode, and it shows. It's really good. It's pretty fun. It's an engaging, campy story. But like, those resources did not go other places, and so it's like you have to have a focus.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, like, like for some smaller things, like like when we say okay, like it would be nice if the tutorial let like, you repeat moves and things like that. Those are like very small. Things that you could have picked up from competitive games, but when you talk about something that's like five hours of content, fully voiced, fully animated, uh, that's that's a really like big thing to do. Like even Guilty Gear uh, had like what a six-hour anime for a story mode. Uh, Yeah. Like I I'd imagine that was also ridiculously expensive to do, and it was still cheaper than Mortal Kombat's probably.
0: But I will say the characters in Guilty Gear didn't have an alarming number of teeth. Uh, are... It's not—it's not that they have too many teeth. It's that I'm not used to seeing characters rendered with like the correct number of teeth, and it just freaks me out. <laughs>
1: um, to, to be fair, visually speaking, Mortal Kombat or Never Realm always releases like really good-looking stuff as like for for the time. That's kind of like the sure. the, the weird thing about um, like Guilty Gear art um, still looks really good right now, or let's say like even Blaze Blue like looks pretty good right now. Um, mm-hmm. But if you go to Mortal Kombat Nine, it it doesn't look good. But at the time, it looked really good when it released, and the same was true for Mortal Kombat X. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, they they go because they release a new game every two years. It's just in their benefit to have. Modern-day super high-quality graphics, as opposed to stylized uh, long-term graphics, because they're not going to support Mortal Kombat 11 for you know four years like Japanese fighting game devs do. Sure.
0: Also, since you brought up Mortal Kombat 9, I will briefly mention I tried Mortal Kombat 9 story mode uh, years after people cared about it, um, and the AI in that can be really rough. Um, it can be really unfair um this game story mode does not have that problem i i like i gave up on Mortal Kombat 9 story because i had a fight with i think like ermac where every time i let go of the brock block button he would do a uh, hit scan full screen projectile yeah that was a command throw the the ai in in this story mode is way more fair you're just going to be able to get through the game
1: yeah in, in this one the only difficult fight is the very final fight um mm-hmm and in mortal Kombat 10 i think there were a few fights that were kind of rough and then in 9 it was like god I, I still remember like three major speed bumps in that entire game and there were probably more uh it was just something that you would like bang your head against for an hour
0: yeah so a lot more forgiving and i'm i'm totally like i don't know maybe maybe it's just the old school in me, but like, I
1: think the final boss should be kind of bullshit. <laughs> That's healthy for a fighting game. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, I'm gonna try to say this with no spoilers. Um, uh, the only thing I didn't like about the bullshit boss fight is that it gave you two different endings depending on how well you played. Really? Yeah. Uh, the, if you lose a round, you get the bad ending. If you don't lose any round, you get the good ending. Huh. Yeah. That's the only reason why I was so upset because I had to beat it without losing a round. I didn't realize I did. Did I get the good
0: ending or the bad <laughs> I think I got the good ending.
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna spoil it, but yeah. Um, a- yeah. And then you get a custom game over if you lose the final boss. Yeah, that that I got
0: a couple a couple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um while we're on the subject of uh single player content there is there's a whole wealth of it here in in Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat traditionally has all this support. So you've got the Towers of Time, you've got uh the crypt, you've got the AI battles returning from some previous games where you customize your own AI. And as I mentioned, we've got like the gems and the gear and the, there's so much to do.
1: I think the AI battles are from Injustice 2 at least in the form they are now because I don't remember that being a thing in X. Um, Okay, okay. uh, Crypt has been kind of a staple. So the weird thing about the Crypt right now is how big it's gotten. Because in Mortal Kombat Armageddon, um, the Crypt was just this menu-based thing, and you just go and click menus and, like, open open chests, give me loot. Uh, But the main story mode in Armageddon was actually a beat-em-up uh, mode where you travel the world of Mortal Kombat and you fight a bunch of goons, Tekken Force style, uh, and then you have big fights with big pe- big name characters. Mm. And then they removed that uh, in 9, obviously. But then in 10, they stopped making the crypt menu based and instead it became this Legend of Grimrock style first person dungeon crawler with jump scares. So it was kind of like this over glorified menu. And now, the crypt is this over-glorified item-based adventure game that seems very impressive when you compare it to previous crypts and seems really underwhelming when you compare it to Mortal Kombat Armageddon's adventure mode. Because it's kind of between there.
0: And also seems really underwhelming once you spend a little time in it and you're like, wait, there's nothing... like there's the initial shock of like well wow i'm running around shao Kahn's island and like oh i Shantoms. found or Shang shang sung's island and i found shao Kahn's hammer and i can use it to smash down walls and like oh there's all this stuff and like i'm running around and and then you're like wait i just have this huge huge empty area full of chests for me to open and sometimes i smash down a wall so i can open another chest does the running around actually add anything?
1: Oh, oh boy, you didn't even scratch the surface. Okay, I'm going to explain this to you now. This, I explain this... No, to- yeah, because I, I,
0: I, I got really, really bored of it really fast. <laughs> okay,
1: so I, ex- I had to explain this to my colleagues, and it's so... Ri- like, the scope of this is ridiculous, um, and I'm not sure if it's in a good way. So, it's an item-based adventure game in terms of that items get your progress. So, when you have the hammer, you can break down uh, walls, as you say. Eventually, you find uh, the spear from uh, Scorpion, and you can use that spear to access new items by pulling them down um, from heights or by activating specific triggers that enable you to access certain chests. Then you find Kenshin's blindfold, and Kenshin's blindfold lets you see uh, invisible items in the world, but also it lets you see invisible. Like spectral uh, broken wall. So, like, you go to an actual wall and then you put on the blindfold and it turns out, oh, it's a spectral wall, it's actually broken. So, you hit it with a hammer while you have the blindfold on and then it opens a new path. Eventually, you also mm-hmm. find other things that uh, let you access the green nodes, uh, things like that. And you also have item based, like key item based progression. It's like, oh, this door needs a specific item. And then you have to find that item in the crypt or in the Towers of Time, to access a certain door, which then gives you access to certain other chests.
0: So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Does this feel like an adventure game, where you're going around, like, you know, figuring out, like, combinations and stuff and solving, like, puzzles, or does this feel like Resident Evil with no enemies and just a bunch of, like, like diamond keys? Oh, you can
1: die in this mode. It's just that dying doesn't do anything. There are enemies, but all the enemies are jump scares. It's really ridiculous. Um uh, And there are, and there are traps as well. Uh yeah, and when it kills you, it just respawns you immediately. It only kills you to mock you as a jump scare because they had jump scares in Mortal Kombat 10 script, so in order to keep the jump scares here, they made them actually enemies. So for example, when you put up the blindfold, there's a random chance that a spectral entity will spawn and kill you. And it's random. It's nothing else. Um <laughs> Um So it's, 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 it's really, it's essentially, so I, I worked on hidden object games. And for those who don't know, hidden object games are essentially first person adventure games like, like LucasArts style. And you, where you rub items against items and try to figure stuff out. The crypt is really obtuse. Like you can find a lot of key items, uh, on your own, but for most part, you need a guide. Uh, to look things up and figure it out, and a lot of the, the, the a lot of the chests, like the base chests, are randomized, but you have the Shao Kahn chests, which are the ones with like Shao Kahn's head, and then you have to hit them with a hammer, and then you spend green souls on them. Those are fixed. So what my theory in all of this is, they made the crypt super information uh, dependent, aka I need to go and ask my friend hey, did you figure this out? I don't know how to do it. But because of the breadth of content there, there's way too much stuff. So what you do is, you need to consult the internet. Like, you need to find guides, you need to ask Reddit, you need to go to forums, to Twitter, things like that. My theory is, they made this so information-dense and dependent so that people would keep googling and talking and searching and writing about it uh, like, like, you know, like, when you, when you play, like, when, when you read your daily, uh, articles and somebody writes, oh, how to find the three new snowmen in Fortnite's latest update, you know, stuff like that. Sure. So I think, thought sure. I, so I think this is what they were going for. They want this post-release buzz to improve search engine, uh, optimization and stuff like that, uh, which is what a lot of games do, uh. And that's why I find playing the Crypt miserable, because I have to have a guide open on the other screen, because there's no fucking way I can figure out all of these things.
0: Well, and also, I mean, Mortal Kombat has had a long history with, like, hidden information. Yes. I mean, like, you've got, like, the, you've got, you know, the fatalities, which they didn't list, and you had to look up, and then it was like, oh, there's a new, like, they made a version update, and they changed all the fatalities, so you'd have to look them up again. It's it's a, can do we say proud? Tradition? Yeah. <laughs> Of, uh, of how Moral Combat has hidden information and expected you to go to the community.
1: I mean, so it makes sense. Like, uh, like, it makes sense that you're trying to recreate the arcade rumor mill and the magazine rumor mill, and the only way you can really do that with the internet is just having, you know, enough information that eventually, you know, a thousand monkeys with typewriters will figure out the solutions to. Um, but also, it's really annoying to play because you run out of money so fucking fast. Yeah. Like, there's there's so many chests, and it's so hard, to, like, there's no indication how many chests you've opened or how many chests you've seen in an area. Like, there's this map that just tells you where you are, but it's useless. Like, it doesn't tell you which chests they are, which, like, blockers there are. Like, it would be really useful to, you know have a metroid style map that just goes oh like this needs a key item you can't go through this door and then i'm kind of like okay i found this key now where the fuck is that door like you can't remember um so i think it could have been done more elegantly and i think it i would have appreciated more um like they had this update because everybody complained about how expensive the crypt was Uh, they had this update where they gave everybody half a million coins those half a million coins were enough for me to open one and a half areas in the crypt. It's man, it, how generous! It is, it is like, and because a lot of the stuff is randomized, um, it's like hard to find specific headgear you want. And it's by the way, now I know like what, what what a normal person would be thinking. What I thought was, oh. They're making this really obtuse and difficult because they want me to pay real money to get the fancy Kung Lao hat. They don't even do that. Like, if you go to the store, you have premium currency, and you can buy items that are usually normally unlockable in the game. But the items you can buy, there's like eight of them or something like that in the store, and they rotate, they're on a timer. So... It doesn't even have the decency to let me go in a menu and say, just let me fucking pay $5 for this dumb hat. It's like you have to wait mm-hmm. on rotation, so you can't even... You don't even spend money, like real-world money, on it reliably. It's really weird. I don't understand it.
0: Well, I assume it's... I Like, I've heard this theory elsewhere, so I'm kind of parroting. But I feel like it's part and parcel with their approach to the... Um... To, like, the crypt, right? Where they're trying to keep it in the conversation. They don't want you to get everything, and they don't want you to just, like, okay, I'm going to go into the crypt and unlock everything and never think about it again. They want it to be a reason for you to keep
1: coming back to the game. But it's it's not a fun reason to come back to the game. That's that's the worst part well, about yeah, it. Well, yeah, they
0: kind of whiffed on that one. So, yeah.
1: so, <laughs> so this, combined with Towers of Time, and we can move now to Towers of Time, I guess, I don't think the quality of the content is that engaging. I, I, I don't feel... Like I'm having fun opening these chests, or exploring this island, or climbing up these towers of time. Like usually, what's fun for me is like, okay, I play the story mode. I know what everybody's into now. I might do some combo challenges. I might not. I'm just gonna go back and you know play the fighting game. That's how usually I play fighting games. Mm
0: -hmm. (sighs) Yeah, I I think the towers are. I don't know it's not an idea I've ever been a huge fan of as these like sort of like like survival modes with like weird like you know wrenches thrown in the works here and there weird gimmicks but like I've had fun with them before I've soul calibers done ones where I've had a good time sometimes um, but yeah it feels like I don't know most of the like the complications I run into in the tower are just things that are annoying to deal with
1: uh, towers of time just looks like a worse uh, World of Light to be, to be honest. Because World of Light, I haven't played it, but I've watched streams of it. A lot of the fights in World of Light are here are the rules of this fight. Like, it's usually modifiers that affect both you and the opponent. It's not exclusively just the opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Right. In this one, it's mostly like, oh, the enemy is just harder. Like, he has random freezes, random missiles, uh, assists, regents, health, ridiculous stuff, does a lot of damage, just ridiculous stuff like that, and it's just, oh, we're modifying to fight to make it harder rather than we're modifying the fight to make it more interesting, which is really weird, because they had in Mortal Kombat 9, they had Test Your Luck, which is a lot of goofy fun, and I'm really annoyed that Towers of Time isn't that, because in Test Your Luck, you would play it, and then one of the roulette wheels would say, oh, you're going to fight this, both of you are going to fight this fight without arms, and then you can't do anything that relies on having arms. Including special moves. Like, that's funny, because it affects both you and the opponent, and this one is just miserable. Mm-hmm.
0: But then there are consumables you can use to sort of, to, to give yourself the advantage back and cancel out all these
1: these negative effects. See? that The, the consumables are an example of how much content this game has that's completely uh, like, boring. I'm sorry to say like that, but, <laughs> but like, if when you look at the consumables, there are so many of them. Like, yeah. I opened the list of consumables, okay, I'm gonna use a consumable, and the recommended consumable is always the healing crystal, which I don't have, so I'm like, okay, what other consumables can I equip? And there's just so many, and they do the same dumb thing. It's like, summon an arm, summon a rocket, summon a fire rocket, summon a, a fan. It's like, okay, I have 30 items on my list. I cannot parse all of this. I'm just going to play the fight. And do you know how I play Towers of Time? What was the most efficient way to play it?
0: I actually do.
1: Yeah, I just had the AI do it. Because you can go into the AI uh, and make a loadout, and then there's a special tab, which is just AI, where you define the... uh, uh, characters like where he's gonna be rush down or combo heavy or zoning, and you have sixty points and you can allo- allocate it in each stat up to thirty. So I went online mm-hmm. and looked at the most broken builds I could find, and I literally just said, "just Just play for me. I can't be bothered because the AI is gonna play better than me, and I'm just gonna have him play and watch Netflix on my other monitor. That's my That's my ninety percent of my Tower of Time interaction."
0: So what this then becomes is a gotcha game where you never unlock new characters. Just costumes.
1: Yeah, I mean it tells you what you unlock on some of the towers but it's still like so... <sighs> it's, it's, it's frustrating because you need to finish the Towers of Time to unlock cosmetics because the cosmetics are exclusive to modes. But mm-hmm. it's so miserable to play. Like it is genuinely miserable to play. There, there was this one fight I tried where i couldn't finish a combo because i would just get randomly frozen that was the modifier you get randomly frozen and that's i that's not challenging that's just frustrating like nobody likes playing against sub zero so why are you making me get hit by sub zero while not fighting sub zero every time that's ridiculous imagine
0: if you had to fight sub zero while randomly getting frozen you you pretty much wouldn't get to play.
1: Yeah. Um, and how the Towers of Time, I, I, we didn't mention this, but how they are structured is like also in a way where the game wants you to keep coming back, and that's, you have this main story tower, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's like the main island. And then you have an island which is character-specific. So you spend coins to summon a tower that is for a character, and then you get the exclusive unlocks for just that character. And I think there are like three towers above. pop. Except those are gated by dumb shit like, oh, you need to spill this many gallons of blood while playing that character. You need to perform this many fatalities with that character and stuff like that. Um, And then there's a boss tower uh, that's on a timer. There is a event tower that's like on a three day timer, I think. Um, And then there are like smaller towers that are uh, like a few hours each and just rotate out. And then the final tower is, oh, you need to find a special key item in the crypt or in the Towers of Time, and then you use the key item, and then you summon a tower, and then you have this many hours to complete that tower. So again, there's a ton of stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess there's also the AI battles. Have you tried those? I didn't even bother. (laughs) So the AI battles is you set up your team... And your team is defending team. If anybody ever attacks you, that's your AI team. That, they're gonna like defend you. Um, and what you do is you make an attacking team, and then you go to a list of players, and then you pick a player that has a non-optimized build, and you attack that player, or rather, you initiate an attack. Uh, then your AI fights that player to a best of three. Um, uh, you can speed, that's the one you can speed up though, so you can like speed it up at eight times. But you have to do it. Oh, great. You, can, you have to do it because there are exclusive AI battle unlocks. And now that one is like a gotcha because once you've completed a AI fight, it gives you random items. There's no rhyme or reason to them. It just gives, it gives you random items. So yeah, so, so all in all, I think There's a lot of, like, content here. Like, I think if you were to put it on the back of a box, you could say hundreds of hours of content, and you would be saying the truth. But I think, especially compared to the story mode, it is so painfully tedious and so painfully boring. It is not actually, at least to me, fun to play.
0: Yeah, the content isn't worth experiencing. No.
1: And and the metagame for something like a fighting game is so ridiculous... And I, I think, like, as soon as you have a game that feels more optimal to have the AI play instead of you, like, that's that's really bad. But also, yeah. it would actually be worse if they didn't let me have the AI play for me, because the Towers of Time gets so difficult that I don't think I could do it alone. So I don't know what's worse. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know. Net play. The netcode's pretty good. Yeah, uh, we played, uh, it passed our netcode test of, is it uh, as good as Blaze Blue? And I feel it was. We didn't really have any issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, f- yeah. for those yeah, who don't happened. know, it's California versus Sweden, so it's pretty far.
0: Yeah, so we're we're, we're pretty good at testing netcode, <laughs> just sort of naturally. <laughs> yeah. Pretty massive distance there. Um, so yeah, um, I haven't had very much fun playing online. Um, but that's mostly just because I don't like playing the game. Um, it's not really the the netcode's fault.
1: Yeah, I... So, one thing I will say... So, so I agree with you. I don't really enjoy playing this game. And I feel like saying, oh, the netplay is bad is a bit disingenuous because I don't like the core fighting. So, obviously, I'm not going to like fighting against randos online. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I generally don't like, is that rank is best of five. I don't think there's a reason for it to be best of five. Um, Especially because some of the rounds can last really really long. Um, And I think that's about it. I played played mostly like, yeah, just online lobby with you and I'm playing random ranked. Uh, Yeah, it, it plays fine. There's no lag. It seems to have all the modes in place. I saw a bunch of tournament modes, lobby modes. Practice modes. You can even play AI battles with a friend, aka you can you can basically do Mortal Kombat Pokemon with your friend.
0: Yeah, I uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should just <laughs> just sit down and yell at our like, like okay, okay, Shao well, Kahn, use annihilation. We could we could run uh like we could have a stream, the chillest stream in the world, where we basically just did Mortal Kombat Eleven Salty Bet. <laughs>
1: I, I mean you could do that, you could you could you could the game gives you all the tools to do that. <sighs>
0: well, so it's I I feel like we've been kind of negative so far, but it's time for me to get really and truly negative. Mm-hmm. Um, because part of me being willing to talk about this game on a podcast is going to talk about Nether Realm and the decisions they've made. Um first and foremost is the one we've mentioned before right which is um sony blade is voiced by ronda rousey uh sandy hook truther and turf and domestic abuser and all around piece of shit
1: also bad actress if that wasn't all, also bad actress like her yeah her voice is so so bad bad. it's so bad compared to everybody else it's so jarring every time i hear her into story mode it's really bad (laughs) She she
0: has the exact same like I, I really genuinely believe that she was reading her script into a microphone like backstage at a wrestling event. Just like with no context or anything. She just she'd just be like, Give me a break. How am I supposed to fight like this? Alright, if we good? We good. It's like it's it's so bad. Her performance is so flat and just yeah. Anytime she's on screen, it takes the air out of the room.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think we already went the, over this on the last podcast, but yeah, it's really jarring to have her, it's really, like, it's, it's really also weird to have her, like, to have somebody that's, like, so problematic when they've kinda improved the general design direction of the cast in the game, you know, like, mm-hmm. visually at least, like, so it's kinda weird to, like... It, it sort of seems like a Warner Brothers decision. Like it doesn't make any sense yeah. to be like. I don't think any developer there would have gone like, "Oh yeah, let's add her."
0: And and be that as it may, though, you know, it is you know, it is in the game, and, and your money is going to support a turf. So I totally respect anyone who's like, "Yeah, fuck that."
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I wish we could just leave it at that, but um, we've there, you know, NetherRealm, in in the wake of this has had some of its developers speaking out um there have been reports of like just an overwhelming culture of of oppressive crunch um at Netherrealm and and like just you know overtime and, and workplace abuse um which is obviously upsetting yeah um and then also there is a there is a Kotaku article which was a, uh an anonymous interview cuz the the um person was worried about you know finding another job which is entirely understandable of a person who had worked on, uh, basically, like, the, the art and fatalities for Mortal Kombat 11, who was, who met with a psychiatrist and was diagnosed with PTSD because of their work, which basically involved, like, looking at, like, grotesque pictures of, like, torn up bodies and, like, mutilations all day so that they could better model, you know, Sub-Zero's guts.
1: Yeah. Um, so I want to I, I back up a little bit uh, because I kind of want to talk more about this, uh, as someone who works in the games industry uh, and has been exposed to some of this shit, so... Uh, in general... In general, Crunch is viewed as a failure of management, aka crunches. hey, we thought we'd be done by this date, but because of things that happen or because we planned poorly, we won't be done by this date. Ergo, everybody has to work harder. Um, or has to work overtime. Um... Uh, from what I've read from the reports, uh, how they operated at their realm was they included crunch in the initial uh, planning. So it would be like, okay, we need to release the game by this point, so we're gonna have this much content, and to do that, like we're gonna start crunching on this date, and then and crunching on this date. So it's part of the initial planning, which is frankly ludicrous and just like boggles my mind, like, even more than regular crunch. Regular crunch is massive bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And how they seem to actually, like, get away with that stuff is because they're the only AAA game dev in Chicago. I'm guessing there's some casual mobile studios in Chicago as well, but they're the only AAA thing, and that's what, you know, prospective young people go for. Um, I will say is, like, a lot of people ask, like, oh, um, should I... Uh, boycott the game if it was uh, produced under these kind of conditions, and there's really no correct answer to that, because in one way, you're saying, if you buy it, oh, I don't care how this was made, with the blood, sweat, and tears, I'm just gonna buy it because I care about my fun. But on the other hand, what you're gonna do is also, like, people who work their asses off, and who want people to enjoy the thing, because you're not gonna work ridiculous overtime just for the pay, you obviously care what people think about the game and your work in it, but then if those people Mm -hmm. you want to impress and, you know, enrich their lives, say, oh, I'm not playing this because of how much you worked on it, then that also sends a really weird message to people. So there's no real good answer to that. I just say, as like, my personal take is just buy the games you want to buy, but also, when Mm -hmm. you see these kind of practices, just call them out and say you don't want them, because Mm Egos are fragile and when a lot of people gang up on a dev and the media gangs up on a dev, they feel the need to defend themselves even if they're rolling in cash. Um, so it just just keep calling out these bad practices and eventually they'll get slightly better. Like there's been a lot of talk in the industry, um, this year specifically about it and like last year as well, you know, and like like Epic and other developers how crunch is ludicrous, so you know, keep talking about it. Uh, that's the best I can mm. say. Um, as, wha- yeah. as far as the trauma um, or our PTSD from uh, people working on fatalities, uh, that's been a thing since Mortal Kombat Nine. Like I remember reading an article post Mortal Kombat Nine on Gamma Sutra about it, um, and I'm kind of glad it's mentioned again because I feel like a lot of people glossed over that fact when it was initially mentioned as a problem, and now in the context of everything else, you know, with work rights being a hot topic in-game, though, I feel like, yeah, we should probably bring this up again because you either need better support or better management or better compensation or something for that, because that is gruesome work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fucked up stuff. And obviously it's not exclusive to, to Mortal Kombat either. You know, you have like people working on horror games who are like, Hey, I spend twelve hours a day staring at dead babies. It's like, okay, yeah, that would be upsetting.
1: Yeah, I don't would... I don't even want to know what people who worked on Dead Space or the Resident Evil remake had to like research. Like it's 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 pretty gruesome stuff. And you want it to be yeah. authentic. Um and you're kinda of like, Oh, but it doesn't look that bad in the game because you're desynthesized from it, but you're that's still, like, fictional violence. What people usually use to reference is, like, actual real-world violence. Like, seeing actual real-world images of something is far more dramatic than seeing it in, like, in an actual video game.
0: Right. And the other thing I wanted to mention real quickly on the on the subject of, like, whether you should or should not buy the game, the other thing to consider is, like, this this stuff doesn't, like, the way these systems are built if you don't buy a game because you're trying to send a message i mean like that's that's you know you go with your gut i think you need to you need to be the one to make that decision but understand that the way these studios are structured it's not the people who made these decisions are going to suffer it's the rank and file who are going to get who are going to get laid off who are going to get shown the boot who are going to get screwed over before management ever is
1: yeah there's like a horrible systemic problem uh in the games industry and it's Usually, like, like you said, like if, if the studio starts like doing badly, like let's say a mass boycott of Mortal Kombat, eleven would work out. Um, I think top management would just have like a nice safety net and do what the fuck ever. Uh, it would be mostly like regular people being laid off. And again, this is all tied to a lot of complicated issues. I think it's just, and we're kind of like almost like I. I guess like I'm sorry like we're going a bit of the realm of regular Fighting Games podcast, but I feel like uh I feel like if either of us care about something in particular here, I think we should tell that to listeners. Mm-hmm. Um Well,
0: and I also think as as like I mean, you know, you, you do what you want with your money and your time. But we're at a point as like earnest fans of video games where we can no longer pretend that these games are made by fucking elves in a in Santa's workshop, right? These are made by real people, and we have to care what happened to those people.
1: Yeah, like it's. I I don't feel like any like like if they didn't have the crypt or if they didn't have the towers of time or if the fatalities weren't as gruesome or whatever. uh I don't feel like this would be a worse game. Like, this is especially true for fighting games because, like, fighting games uh, in general are carried by their main core mechanic. It's very rare for, you know, like, a fighting game to have shitty gameplay, but, hey, people are going to play it because the hat customization is nice. Like, that's very rare. Um, Mm -hmm. um, So especially, like, here, it's kind of, like, ridiculous. I don't think they, that like working less would have made this game any worse. But also, yeah, like if we want more fighting games in the future, because what happens is you have this chain reaction of, okay, Mortal Kombat does this, and that's viewed as the best way to do things, and then other fighting game developers try to do something at the same pace to compete with it, and they can't manage it, then we have less games because companies burn out, people burn out, um, people abandon the industry, or whatever, so this is more like hey is a it, like it's not really worth it to you know have extra polish and shine if we are denying ourselves better stuff in the future by alienating or running uh, people out totally
0: yeah uh, so you want to you want to wrap things up like what where where do you end on on Mortal Kombat 11
1: okay so i love allow... I I want to make clear that a lot of things we discussed here uh, are a lot tied to personal preference, and I don't think we ever made it sound any different from that, like we're not some uh, authority on how fighting games should be made. So, I mean, I am. but Yeah, you you may be, but I'm not yet. I need need a a few more years. But I think that if you do not usually like fighting games, or you don't like contemporary fighting games... Mortal Kombat could be different enough that you might actually enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there are some people that hop between different fighting games, like, like I don't know, like like Sonic Fox's main fighting game is Mortal Kombat, and he plays like everything. Um, but like, I personally do not like it. I don't think it flows as well. I think the story mode is really good. Uh, and according to the DLC leaks, if they're true, like it looks like the characters will be fun as well. So I think there's a lot of like good in it. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I feel like the amounts of time the game asks of me, both in terms of uh, playing it to understand like like matchups and my own character, and both in terms of like out of Game stuff like the Crypt and the Towers of Time. I feel like it has the same issue as Mortal Kombat 10, where it just wants all my time. It doesn't want me to play anything else, and I feel like my my time is much better spent elsewhere uh, in some other fighting game. And, like I was even worried, like oh, is like is, is am I just like bad at learning new fighting games again? But then we did like our stream recently where we played four games I had barely touched or never touched, and I got into that much easier than anything else, like than, any, than Mortal Kombat. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say, like, if you don't like most fighting games, Mortal Kombat might be something you enjoy. Uh, If you're more into anime fighters or 3D fighters or, like, Street Fighter, you might not like it. Um, At the end of the day, there's a lot of stuff to keep you busy if you want to play solo or just mess around with friends. But even if you want to mess around with friends, I always say, like, Tekken or the Alive just looks better to mess around in. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: For for my money, this is a game that I feel like is is feels worse the more time you spend with it. Um, so, like, there are people out there, there are people who've messaged me who are like, hey, should I get, like, Super Smash Bros. just to play single player and then put it down? And I'm like, I don't know if that's worth your money, personally. Like, if that's how you play fighting games, if you're a person who's like, I want to play the story mode and then I'm good, this is actually a great one for that. This is an amazing story mode. It's a great time. But if you're here to get really in depth with a fighting game and really like like make it your new thing, I don't know that I can recommend this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we can we can go ahead and take it to our outro here. Uh, Miodrag, where can people find you upon this internet?
1: Uh, so you can find me streaming on Twitch.tv/slash Real I stream four days a week and. Various different things, full playthroughs, fighting games, retro stuff, uh, the works. Uh, You can also find me on twitter.com slash mdkii, that's mdk roman numerals too. If you want to follow me ranting about stuff before we actually record a podcast, uh, for like a little preview. And other than that, I also have a Discord, uh, which you can find the link to on my Twitter and on my Twitch page where there's a dedicated fighting game channel and a lot of nice folks if you want to hang out
0: yeah it's definitely a good place to hang out if you just want some some casual fighting game chat with people who are pretty open-minded and have tried more fighting games than you probably know exist there's it's a good a good retro community as well as as well as present Mm
1: -hmm. and what about you Six, where can people find you
0: uh, so you can find me on Twitter at 6 S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Um, my pin tweet there tells you all the shows that I do, so you don't need to look around too much for that. And then I will shout out my, uh, well, not my, but our Patreon. Me and my friend uh, Jennifer Uncle have a Patreon at patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. Um, if you want to help us, you know, create things and also for a dollar a month, you can get access to Oops All Anime, which is our our anime like sampler podcast where we try out different shows it's a good time lots of guests yes all right well i think that's it for for this episode uh do we have that uh and until next time test your might bye quidality